Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. And this week I'm pleased to say we are celebrating 10 years of the Veg Grower Podcast. It's an absolutely amazing milestone and it's given me the chance to sort of reflect on what we've been doing. I'm in the uh, home garden at the moment, as you can hopefully hear. And when I first started this podcast, I wasn't in this house. I lived in another town. We had a tiny garden, which was 10 metres long by 5 metres wide. It was north-facing. It was tiny, but I made most of it. But eight years ago, we moved to this place in Littlehampton, and one of the biggest reasons I wanted to move was for a bigger garden. And we got it with this house. It's 25 metres long, 10 metres wide. It does present a few challenges due to its being east-facing, but the extra space has made it worthwhile. And as I sit here reflecting on the changes I've made to this garden... When I first moved in, we had a little greenhouse come shed, which I dismantled during 2020. Uh, Now that area in front of that was a veg patch area. But as we've gone on, we've taken that shed down. I've added a greenhouse. I've added chickens. I've added the quail. I've built beds. And I'm always looking at it and thinking, what changes can I make? And that's definitely something I've been thinking a lot about, a garden design. Anyway... That's going on into the future, but the 10 years in this garden, it has been incredibly productive. I'm making sure now I use every tiny little bit of space and it's worthwhile. Anyway, this week, what have we been doing? We've been tying our cucumbers and tomatoes to keep them trying to grow, straighten up the canes. That should helpfully help them grow nice and strong. We are seeing flowers on our cucumber plants now, so hopefully soon we're going to get cucumbers too. These are all grown outside, so everything is looking really, really promising. We're also seeing courgettes are flowering too. We've got some small courgettes coming along. Again, really pleased with this. They're a little bit late this year, but I don't mind that because they are good, healthy-looking plants. We've also been enjoying an abundant amount of peas, strawberries and tayberries particularly. We've even got a broccoli head starting to form. Oh, I say starting to form, I think it's nearly ready for harvesting. So yeah, it's been a really, really good start this year. Brassicas are particularly thriving this year. I'm really pleased with those. We have, however, this year had difficulty germinating carrots. The ones in a veggie pod germinated great and are growing well, but any that I've grown outside just have not germinated. So what I've done this week, I had this really quite big plastic flower pot. It's about 45 centimetres in diameter, 45 centimetres tall. And it was going to go down to the allotment because it's quite an old one, but I've just figured I'm here at the moment, let's put it to use. So I filled it up with compost and I have sown some carrot seeds into that. Hopefully they're going to germinate. We're going to keep a close eye on it and see what happens. As I said, carrots have just been a little bit tricky this year to get them to germinate. 
Now added to that, I've also pricked out and planted some more celery plants. I went mad sowing celery plants over the, uh, this year. And we've got some of those in some beds and in a veggie pod. But I've been looking at other places of where these can grow. So the area below the grapevine where I originally had some spinach which has now come out. I've planted some of these extra celery plants in there just to fill them up and try and get more food growing. Now talking of grapevines, we do have two grapevines in total. One in a pot which is growing lovely and I think we're going to get some grapes from it pretty soon. And this one that is above this celery now. I had to tie that one into place just to keep the vines growing up against the trellis at the back and keep that shape and looking nice and neat. It's looking good though, I'm really pleased with it. And grapevines is one of my favorite vine plants for a garden because it's gonna create a screen, block things out, add a bit of privacy while still providing us with food. Now, there are other things that have been going on, particularly in the driveway garden. And what I did is I had a patio apple tree which needed to go in a larger pot. So I potted that up into a larger pot. The pot that it was in, I then took one of my current bushes that was out the front in the driveway garden. That was a bit small. I put that into a bigger pot that the apple tree was originally in. So moving things along, both the current and the apple tree has gone out to the driveway garden again. They're looking really good. I've added a bit of a mulch as well, using my easy mulch, which I'm a big fan of. Just really pleased with everything that is going on at the moment. And the driveway garden particularly is coming along really nicely. It's not fruiting so much at the moment, but they are all young plants. And also the driveway garden faces west, so it doesn't get a huge amount of sunlight. Now I am thinking with a driveway garden, I do need to invest in some large pots that they're gonna cost quite a bit of money, but I think they need to be similarly styled, similar size, just to add a bit of a cohesive look out the front, because at the moment, everything's a bit mismatched and a bit whatever we had available at the time. It's gonna cost a bit of money, don't get me wrong, but I think it's gonna be worthwhile doing. Well, that is the update from the home garden and you will hear what's happening on the allotment towards the end of this podcast but first let's find out what seeds we've been sowing in the supporters club this week now i hope you're enjoying this podcast so far there's still much more to come but if you are enjoying it then please do leave us a review on your podcast provider I cannot stress just how important that is at helping people find the podcast and promote the podcast because it goes a long way to getting us up in the charts. It really is such an easy thing for you to do, but means the world to me. Now, if you want to support this podcast, then please consider becoming a member of our supporters club. Details on being a member at the veggrowpodcast.co.uk. But what it is, is that I charge £5 a month for that, you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts and a collection of seeds sent to your door each and every month. And those seeds can be sown in that very month. And we've been sowing seeds this week. This week, we've actually sown basil and kohlrabi. Kohlrabi is a nice, almost like a turnip, basil, a beautiful herb that we use all the time. Now, something I want to stress is that I run this supporters club so that I can keep the podcast going. In 2020, if it wasn't for furlough, we may have had to close down the podcast. And that's not something I want to happen. So your support will help keep this podcast going for a long time. To find out more, head to the veggrowpodcast.co.uk. 
Right, 10 years of podcasting. Let's get into it. Hello, Richard. Gary here. Congratulations on 10 years of the Bed to Grow podcast. A remarkable achievement. I don't know how long I've been listening, not 10 years, but a significant chunk of it. Over that time, you've inspired and informed so much of what I do in my own allotment and garden. And when I multiply that across all your listeners throughout the world, I can't even begin to imagine the scale of the total influence you've had on the gardening community in that time. Uh, Wishing you well and thanking you for what you do. Just wanted to say thank you, Richard. I find your podcast very informative. I've only um, been listening for the last probably eight months and ten years. That's absolutely brilliant. Each week when I listen to your podcast, you always um, mention something that I've been thinking Um, can I do this? So this week, for example, was the leaving the cardboard and putting squash on top. I've got cardboard down there already, so that's that's what I'm going to try this week. Once again, great show. Thank you. Hello, Richard. It's Anne Costalis in my greenhouse in Canada on a lovely sunny day. I just want to say congratulations on doing so many podcasts. I've listened to every single one of them. I started listening to you about a year ago. And I grow a lot of veg here in my beds and greenhouses very much on my own. I don't really know anyone else uh, apart from one neighbour that enjoys growing vegetables. So inspired by you today, I set up a veg growers club on the lake where we get together and we swapped seeds and plants today and I hope it's the start of something good. Totally inspired by the Veg Grower podcast. Um, it's like listening to your podcast is like having a friend with an allotment. Um, I just love listening to all the minutiae of what you're doing every day um, and it's given me a lot of pleasure. And I often listen to it when I'm on my own here Um, tending to my vegetables so congratulations and happy growing well that was three messages that i've received in celebration of this 10-year anniversary from listeners and this has been fantastic all three of those had one of the aims that i had set out when i started this podcast i wanted to encourage people to grow their own food especially those who couldn't afford to feed themselves or were struggling at the time I've got to remember when I started in 2013, we were still feeling the effects of the credit crunch and austerity and things. It's came around again, hasn't it? It's came around. We find ourselves back in those situations. And again, I feel that Grow Your Own is going to be a key player in getting us through this time. I also wanted to bring people together and create communities. And that's something I've achieved. We did set up a forum originally and it's still going. It's just tends to be used by bots more than people. Uh, it's something I may get rid of, but the, the forum was originally designed for those who either weren't on Facebook or didn't really want to expose themselves like that, so people could stay a little bit, little bit distant or or um, hidden, I guess you could say. However, we do have a Facebook group where lots of chats go on, so the garden community does go on. And the best thing is that I like about this is that people are sharing their own tips and tricks which again, this podcast is very much key about. We want to share tips and tricks and ways that we all garden. So yeah, really, really happy with the last 10 years. The gardens, of course, changed. 
my techniques and my methods change as well. Sometimes I like to grow something a bit different and I say I'm going to do it again, but when it comes to it, it just doesn't happen. Cape gooseberries are a good one. My wife loves the things, but I grew them. They were delicious, don't get me wrong. I just haven't grown them again since, partly because they take up so much space. And perhaps next year, that's something we have to think about and try and do again. Other examples would be things like chickpeas. We've grown chickpeas and they were delicious. They were great. I haven't grown them since for one reason or another. I hope to grow them again. Again, it comes down to time and space. And, you know, now we've expanded Elomen and the home growing space. Perhaps we can look at doing these things once again. Who knows? Who knows? You know, I've got big plans for the future. I would like the podcast to continue to grow and I would like to get people to share their own experiences. Something I would like is a regular spot with somebody who's just started their allotment or just started growing their own. Or I would also like the recipe section to be done by a professional chef to share recipes as well. Unfortunately, I just cannot pay anybody to do that. But the opportunity is there if anybody does want to get involved and and we can continue to build this podcast into an amazing thing. Now, one of the reasons I started this podcast is when I was searching for Grow Your Own Podcasts back in 2013, they didn't exist. They, But you could count the amount of UK-based gardening podcasts on one hand. That has, of course, changed now. There are quite a few podcasts out there, some very good ones as well. It has to be said. I do like to publicise these and try and share them about, but I always wait until 10 episodes because it's so rare to get people, the podcasters, up to 10 episodes because it is such a, a difficult thing to motivate yourself. That being said, one of the things I wanted to achieve with this podcast was to encourage more people into gardening podcasts, creating their own, particularly professional gardeners. And two people who started a podcast together off the back of the VegGrow podcast and my good friend Lee Connolly, the Skinny Jean Gardener, was Lucy and Soul. And Lucy and Soul from the Talking Heads podcast are, just like Lee, we've become really good friends over gardening. And I've chatted to Lucy and Soul at Gardener's World live and uh, got a bit of an interview coming up right now. Well, I'm at Gardener's World at the moment. I'm actually joined by Lucy and Soul from the Talking Heads podcast. And the reason I wanted to get these on the uh, 10-year anniversary show is you two started your podcast in part due to my podcast. I want to find out a bit more about it because 10 years ago when I started the VegGrow podcast, I wanted to get more people, professional people, recording podcasts about gardening, particularly growing your own vegetables. And the person I had in, in sort of my mind's eye was actually Lucy at the time. Oh, Richard. Well, you inspired <laughs> us. You had so inspired us to, um, to you know, put our verbal skills to good use I, I i like talking so do you like talking i like talking i like the way you mentioned lucy did i not feature in your thoughts uh, not 10 years ago oh, i'm afraid not well, no well cheers richard anyway <laughs> it's uh, only yeah, because I, I saw lucy in the uh was it grow your own yeah i was editing grow your own back then but yeah. i have to say saul was the one who went on the podcasting course and suggested to me that we did the podcast so credit mr walker to you uh, yes Richard and uh, a certain skinny jean gardener, Lee, was... Uh, Who's that? Uh, yeah, who knows? 
Yeah, that you were you were the guys I thought, yeah, I think me and Lucy could probably do that. We we can talk and we like talking about gardening and, and I think podcast lends itself to that, doesn't it, a little bit, you know. Um, unlike some other mediums, which I think is very involved. We've, we've been talking about this quite a bit, haven't we, recently? I think we do, we like, we like doing our radio shows and then the podcast just comes quite naturally. Lots of talking, lots of haughty waffle. Yes, we like that. And Richard, you're, I say, I think podcast is a lovely thing for gardeners to have on when they are yeah. actually gardening mm. you know I, I bet you have a lot of listeners saying to you that they have you in the in the greenhouse with them or on the potting bench or wherever they might be in their garden because when you're gardening you, you, you need your hands free to do stuff you can't be watching tv as much but a podcast in your ears is just the easiest thing to to follow and and enjoy isn't it oh it lends itself perfectly i feel because mm. You might be talking to your tomatoes, but you can still have something going on in the background. And you might suddenly find yourself doing something that that person has mentioned on the podcast. Yeah. You know, what's amazing, Richard, is you were probably one of the first. I know there was a few others before you, but you were one of the first. The trailblazer, let's say, of this. And then we came in about four years ago, and still it was relatively even... We only had a few people, but I think in the last year to two years, especially some of the more, I would call it the more mainstream outlets, have seen podcasting as, as a, a serious format for their mm. use uh, in their media landscape so there's now there's lot there is a lot of podcasts but we're still there you know <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're small we're small operations but people seem to like the personal touch in that way well they do they do and I just want to say congratulations Richard for your 10 years because I think that that takes massive dedication and uh, I'm sure your listeners are hugely grateful for the time and energy that you've put into producing the podcast. So well done you. Ten years is a fa- fantastic, fantastic milestone. Imagine the amount of people you have entertained and the hours they've spent listening to you in their garden when they've been maybe working on their own, trudging through a border, you know, trying to get the weeds done or a difficult job done. And then there you are to support them through that journey and that process and to keep them company on the way. So congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I think that works both ways with your podcast as well getting four years it was 2020 was least we started literally just yeah. before the pandemic here. yeah yeah that was the catalyst yeah, yeah. but yeah it's been a quite a bit of time i can't believe how long we've been talking about <laughs> into a microphone know, it surprises for. me but yeah. we, we, we've got it in us somewhere yeah somewhere <laughs> but the the amount of podcasts i've seen over the years that have started up and not yes. even made it to 10 episodes i'm guilty with that with one of my others i think the person who who does our podcast um is our platform sent me some facts or something and says that about 90 percent podcasts don't go past five episodes mm. so that yeah. is amazing to think how many we're on 100 no 184 we are somewhere yes. around that you must be yeah. near a four say what how many how many episodes have you done this will be 507 oh my lord wow that's in- uh, so impressive yeah. that's incredible well done you but I would say when we were going through that first lockdown I did go on daily podcasts for yeah. that time so. we all found it actually quite a I found it quite a cathartic thing to do because everything was so surreal in the in the wider world. But the thing that we had control of was our gardens and uh, what we could say and trying to keep a measure on stuff. And I know the listeners, listeners appreciated it, but actually I think you saw, and myself, and, and probably you, Richard, we all you know, needed that, didn't we? Gardening is good for your mental health. Well, it was End something, of. something to do at yeah. the end of the day. We didn't have much... Well, we were gardening during the day and then we had to go home in the evenings and sit at home, didn't we? So... Being able to link up through the uh, through the internet with Lucy and chat about that it's probably the only thing I could do for a year. To be quite <laughs> honest with you. So yeah, 
It's certainly a funny time, and even now, three years later, I look back at it and I think, what a weird time to go through. What yeah. a weird time to go through. But yeah. it was good for gardening, I think. You know, it got a lot of people gardening, and we still see people, even today, we're at BBC Gardeners World Live, we're doing our expert, usual expert desk, and some new gardeners still come and say, we started gardening in the pandemic, we're still trying to learn, and we're coming and getting things. So I think it had a very... We thought it had a very negative effect on gardening when it started. And uh, for a few months, we thought nurseries would collapse, garden centres would go down uh, the rabbit hole. But actually, within a few months, we realised it was a real boost. Mm. And that's because all people could do was garden, really. Yeah, yeah. There was definitely a force of, of, of a movement of people going to online. And any nurseries that already had a good online setup were were really ready for that. And I think others that weren't, it pulled them up and made them think, right, we've got to do that. So it's dragged the industry as a whole into the modern day mm. and um, yeah yeah with like I say it, it was a, a moment in modern history that we were all part of yeah. um, so that's that's quite unique isn't it really yeah. but in your in the expanse of time you've been doing your podcast that's only a small part I, I was thinking in 10 years since you started the changes in gardening grow your own movement the use of the internet and social media you must have seen it all. It, must, it might be quite interesting to go back to your first episode and listen to where the world was back 10 years ago. What's that, 2013? 2013, yeah. Yeah, 2013. And see the differences now compared to then in the way gardening and grow your own is applied. That's quite an interesting archive of material. Yeah, I mean, now you've mentioned it, I'm just sort of thinking back and I'm thinking no dig has probably been the thing that's really come to light in the last 10 years. Mm. Um, I, I was still doing it 10 years ago and I was talking about it then didn't know much about the science stuff but it was just what I did yeah. whereas now you very rarely hear of anybody who digs yeah mm. digging is not a, not a big thing and um, also the internet the use of YouTube all that kind of stuff that's yeah. come to the fore yeah. and pest and disease control I mean we're on the mm. advice desk yes. here at the show we have to be now um the advice we're giving about controlling pests we're actually having to say to people would you really want to control that or can you not maybe live with it or are there there cultural things that you can do to um to remedy it and and lot we don't talk about spraying things anymore that has that has massively massively tra- changed and that's literally been in the last i would say 24 months yeah grass management mm. grass ma- especially this year people are really getting into meadows more we get a lot more questions how they establish those you know, people are using mowers less, different types of uh, annual and perennial meadows are coming to the fore. And these things, they do, th- these are things actually gardeners have been doing for many decades, mm-hmm. you know, maybe at, in the professional level, but they seep slowly into the media and through things like your podcast or other people's podcasts or through the mainstream media, and they sort of lodge themselves into that sort of mainstream view. So those things have changed. It's quite interesting. I wonder where we'll be in ten years when we're what when we have our ten years. <laughs> oh my words! Robot gardeners and AI. No, not AI. Not AI. Please, not AI. <laughs> I would. I, it makes me feel sad to think that AI is potentially going to take over in horticulture. I think, for me, when I'm in my garden, and I bet it's the same for you, Richard, and you can just see things growing in front of your eyes, or you can see, you can feel what the weather's doing. You can feel the wind direction on your your face, the sun on your skin, the moisture. You can look and see the moisture levels in the soil. I don't, I don't want that to be replaced by anything. I think for me, that's one of the real joys of gardening. If I had that taken away and replaced by something artificial, what would I do? Mm. You know, just for my own pleasure. I'm not talking about professionally. 
I, I want to do that myself. That makes you connected to the garden. Yeah, I, I, I've got mixed opinions because I can see having timers set up for watering as being a form of AI. And I can see why people would do that. Yeah, but, and we've had that. We've already got that, I think, haven't yeah. we? But it's all the other elements that uh, take out the connect. To be connected to the garden and the soil and to nature in itself is the pleasure of gardening for me. That's where the, the skill and the joy and the creativity in gardening comes from. I don't want that taken away. But what about podcasting? I think AI will affect podcasting considerably one day. I, I'm waiting for the first fully artificial podcast to be done by computer. I, I don't think it's long off. Yeah, Lucy and So I could chat to those for hours. Two really knowledgeable and really lovely people. So please do go check them out. And now there are lots of other podcasts out there as well. And I'd love to hear what ones you listen to. One thing I do want to finally bring around is the fact that I've made so many friends during this this time, this 10 years. As I said, Lee, Lucy, sold some really good friends of mine. And I gotta admit, I mean, I get really overwhelmed and tearful when I start talking about these things. I, I just realised just how far I've come in this time doing this podcast. And I cannot express just how grateful I am for this time. Right, before I start bursting into tears, let's, let's go to a recipe section. And this week it's a cherry pie recipe. Over the last week, our Morello cherries have been ripening and ready from the allotment. We've been picking those on a daily basis. They've been delicious, let me tell you that. But one thing that excited my wife that I said we were going to do with these is make cherry pie. And cherry pie is absolutely delicious. So what we did is we took 800 grams of cherries and we removed the stones with our cherry stone. If you don't have a cherry stone, you can just cut them in half and remove the stones. I put all the cherries into a bowl and I mixed in some sugar and a bit of flour and just tossed them, the cherries all round in the sugar and flour till they were all coated. And then I popped those to one side and made the pie pastry. Pie pastry is so easy to make. 125 grams of butter, 200 grams of flour and 50 grams of almond flour. Mix them together and they become like breadcrumbs and then we just slowly add a drop of cold water until the pastry comes together. We then roll that pastry out, use it to line a pie dish and then I add some beads and put it in the oven at gas mark 6 for about 20 minutes just to blind bake. After 20 minutes I removed the pie dough out of the oven, removed the beads and then I poured into the pie the cherry sugar flour mixture. I then put a lid over the top using more of the pastry that we've made and you could make it into a lattice. I'm not very good at doing that so I just put a couple of holes in the top to allow steam to prevent. I gave it an egg wash over the top just to make it look a little bit nicer and then sprinkled over some sugar as well and then I baked that for one hour. After that time, came out the oven, served with a nice dollop of ice cream. Absolutely delicious. Cherry pie, give it a try. Recipe is, of course, on the show notes for this episode. Right, let's head down to the allotment and find out what's going on down there. Well, welcome back down to the allotment. I hope you have enjoyed our 10-year episode so far. 
And it's time now for the allotment date. I'm actually currently just sat on the allotment basking in the evening sun. It's a lovely evening. And I've been reflecting on how much this allotment has shaped over the past decade of the podcast. When I first started the podcast, we were actually co-working an allotment in Brighton, an hour's drive away at the time, and it was a challenge to maintain. But it did introduce me to the wonderful world of allotment garden and a sense of community that came with it. Eventually, when I moved to Littlehampton, I decided to apply to an allotment closer to home. And eight years ago, I took on plot 128B, the bottom half of this plot. It was overgrown with waist-high cooch grass, which proved quite a challenge. And I made the mistake of first using a rotavator to chop everything up and, and deal with it. Big mistake, because it just spread the cooch grass. But I did try growing some seeds, didn't work. But it gave me the chance through that first six months to work out what I wanted to do. And I planned on building beds during the winter months. Now, these beds I built used pallet wood and I constructed six beds in the middle of a plot surrounded by the perennial beds on the edges and the pallet wood served their purpose at the time they were cheap but they don't last long and when I had the opportunity I upgraded to thicker reclaimed timber that were 45 centimeters thick to rebuild the beds they not only look better but they're also more durable and have lasted a lot longer then five years ago, I expanded by taking on 128A, the top half of the plot. Now, this gives me a total of 250 square metres of growing space, the same size as my back garden at home. I have replicated the bed system on the upper half of the plot as well, using corrugated iron in places because that was what I had available after COVID. But one thing I did do is, and this was a mistake that I learned when I first built the allotment, is I built the beds to have narrow paths with only 30 centimetres wide. When I rebuilt these beds, I made 60 centimetres wide paths. Made a world of difference in terms of ease of movement and maintenance. I was a bit sort of wanting to try and make the most of the growing space as possible. So that's why I kept the paths small originally, but that was a mistake. Looking ahead, I do plan to be here for a very, very long time and I'm open to changes and adaptions as we go on. This is what this podcast is all about, evolving, adapting, improvising and overcoming challenges. Now, let's find out really the recent events on the allotment this week. We had a, a lot of rain come down on Tuesday morning, which has meant I haven't really needed to water until this weekend. It was really good actually because it was a good soaking rain. Now I have been down during the week focusing on mowing. My battery powered lawnmower does take care of the grass between the beds, the grass paths, but around the edge of the allotment we do have the roads which are public access for everybody and occasionally the council does come along and cut the grass here, but when they cut it they just leave the grass cuttings on the road. Now for me I figured this was a time to get my lawnmower out and use the lawnmower to collect those grass clippings to use as a mulch for my beds. I love mulching. I've said time and time again, I love mulching. Now, Saturday morning, I came down to the allotment to get in the greenhouse early before it got too hot. And I got in there, I did a bit of tidying up, but I wanted to tie in the tomatoes, but I forgot to bring some string. 
And I'm not sure where my string, I thought I had string on it, I'm not sure where it's gone, but that's something I'm going to have to address next weekend. A friend of mine did come by and gave me a hand with the weeding. And I'll tell you what, it was nice working with somebody. Having a bit of company on the plot, we were chatting while walling, pulling out weeds and the time just flew by. But it's made a huge difference as well. A lot of the grass came out really, really well and it's tidied the beds up no end. After that, I then planted out another Crown Prince pumpkin just to use up some more of the pumpkins that I have lying around. And Shark's melon plant this is a plant that i've never grown before and it's meant to get very very big so i've actually planted it in an area in front of the big shed hoping that the shark's fin melon is going to get so big it's just going to shade out some of that grass i do have a, more of these shark's fin melons to go to a friend's field who's kindly let me use that now talking of the top of the plot the red currants and black currants are on the very top of the plot and they are ripening, they are ready for harvesting and I've been trying to harvest them this week but the overgrown neighbouring plot has made it really challenging to access my current bushes without getting stung by nettles. Now I may have to take matters into my own hands and trim back or contact the council about the issue. I don't really want to contact the council but... I may have no choice because I cannot access my produce. Now in terms of harvests, I've been picking red currants, black currants, onions, broad beans and cherries. But the broad bean plants are coming to the end of their life. So they will soon be coming out and be replacing those with French and runner beans in the coming weeks. The runner and French beans in the other bed are doing really well too. They've got plenty of flowers on them and it really is a really productive week I feel with plenty of abundance of fresh produce coming in everything on the allotment just seems to be coming together really nicely and i'm really pleased with everything now i want to express once again my heartfelt gratitude to all of you for joining me on this podcast journey not just today but throughout the past 10 years it's been a really incredible experience and there's so much excitement ahead if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate if you could leave me a review on your podcast provider. You can also join our supporters club on the website at vegegrowerpodcast.co.uk and you can leave a voicemail at the same website as well. You can also email me, richard at vegegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can follow me on social media just by searching for the Veg Grower Podcast. Thank you once again for joining me for the last 10 years. And until next time, please take care.